You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast, or as I like to call it, the podcast where two people who don't know anything about Lego decide to talk about Lego a lot and then ask Michael to help them. How are you guys going? <laughs> I'm better now after that introduction. <laughs> For a second, I thought you forgot Michael and I was like going to interject and be like, there's actually three people here. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, really good. I thought the episode was interesting. I thought it was obviously a combination of a few previous episodes and a few previous challenges, and that's okay too. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was—I thought it was overall an interesting challenge. I liked that it was pretty broad, but there were still like clear parameters. So I feel like we got to see something a little bit different from each team. And I feel like the box sort of base plate only happens once or twice a season and so it's mm. kind of cool to get that as well a bit of variety yeah it's it's really challenging to build inside a box but it looks like for these guys they had the ability to build outside the box physically yes. and metaphorically <laughs> <laughs> so this challenge was a window to the future and like we said you had to build inside a box not easy something i thought was interesting was that at the end, the build had to sit within that window frame, which, side note, I found very off-putting and actually didn't like that. But I thought it was interesting that it seemed as though Hamish only came around once to, like, put the window frame in front of each person's build so that they could see what it looked like with it in front of it. I kind of thought that they would be able to have a frame, like, next to them that they could line it all up with. I feel like a lot of episodes this season, there's been a question about like how much can they test it? Like with the magnet, was there more than one magnet, etc. So who knows? <laughs> Let's start with Alex and Caleb who had the titanium brick advantage. This was a more of an advantage than we've seen in, in previous episodes, but theirs was that everyone else had to build in slow-mo while they got to go at normal speed. I actually kind of like this because <laughs> I do feel like it was an advantage. It only seemed like they had to do it for like five minutes. So it was funny, but it wasn't as bad as like Hamish is your biggest fan or is your butler or something that is actually a disadvantage. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how long they actually had to act in slow-mo for. Or, mm. um, I'm sure there was an element to it or, or, or was it almost a, a gimmick for the show, but in reality they just weren't allowed to, you know, build yeah yeah like they just went around team by team and said all right quick let's get some shots of you doing slow-mo all right hang out for a sec and then all right back to normal guys yeah i did think it was interesting that hamish like said oh if you had an advantage in a previous season you would have just got extra time but like we're doing everything different this season and i was like aha so you do recognize that you stopped giving out the <laughs> easiest advantage <laughs> I feel like there hasn't really been a single real actual advantage. I mean, unless we I think that the, the choosing builds thing is an advantage. Aside from that, they've obviously just decided that advantages aren't fair or they're not interested in them somehow, right? Yeah, I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, me neither. Um, I'm not sure if, if an advantage is even an advantage anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like a thing that might happen. Exactly. The advantage is just being immune, right? That's the only like actual proper thing you win. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And as you, I mean, that from from that perspective, it's a pretty good advantage. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'd just love to see some some better advantages. I think yeah. potentially. 
Let's chat about their actual build, which was the end of the world guy who's like escaped to a new planet resting. I thought this was really nice from them. I did agree when Brickman was kind of like, there's not enough going on here. It's not really like futuristic enough. I thought the addition of the butler was really cool. And the fact that Caleb whipped that up really quickly was even more impressive. Yeah, agreed. I think one thing I would have loved to have seen from them would have potentially been a little bit more color in the background but yeah. i think the the butler certainly made up for the for the lack of color there i mean maybe it was just an aesthetic choice as well um i'm, I'm not entirely sure but I, yeah i thought it, you're, you're right very cool very cool different build also big props to them i think they are the first team in lego masters history to blow up the earth as a part of their build <laughs> and just like end our lives so yeah strong choice <laughs> Let's go to Alexia and Rach, who struggled a little bit to come up with an idea at the start and got a bit of help with Brickman for inspo, but they ended up landing on the drone delivery and the drone like dropping off a little cherry pie. Cherry pie looked amazing, by the way. And then this kind of this kind of streetscape of other drones delivering things to other houses. Yeah, I think Brickman, I think Brickman's right. It was almost just a, a case of taking too long in an idea. Um, and that sort of impacting the overall the overall outcome of, of, of the build, where it's just probably not enough in the in the box. I guess would be the the way to put it. But mm. I still think it was a it was a cool idea in the end, and I, I was happy they ended up going with the drone. When Brigman gave his feedback about the flower drawing a bit too much attention, I kind of laughed because I had seen it and I, I thought it was well built and everything, but I thought it was like a futuristic satellite dish somehow because it was so big. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, a pink satellite dish, cool. And then Brickman's like, oh, the flower's too big. And I was like, oh, it's a flower. Oh. Oh. And then, so I did kind of agree with what he said because that was the experience I had viewing it. Mm. Whoops. <laughs> Let's go to Kirsten Daniel who did the astronaut exploring a new planet bit of force perspective, something we don't see too much anymore because it is famously very difficult to pull off. And these guys, I think, did a good job. I did find it a little bit confusing. I agreed with what Brickman was saying about the different colour and it just, like, looking a little bit confusing. But I also feel like it might be one of those builds that looks better in person and it gets a bit distorted on TV. Yeah, I agree. It was There was a lot of colour and I think maybe I don't necessarily agree with Brickman in the sense that it needed to be the same colour red, yeah. but I think it probably needed to be a shade of, of red. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I feel like a bit of FP is always, is always kind of fun, even if it isn't perfect. I like the ambition, I guess. Mm. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, like when Nick and Jean did the, hardest possible version of the tightrope last episode it wasn't necessarily my favorite build overall but i was like you know what guys you made your life unnecessarily difficult and i, I like that good i respect it. that <laughs> thank you guys we appreciate you nick and jean they did the zero gravity skate park very classic like futuristic idea with the hoverboards i thought the backdrop of the city looked really cool i did agree that the cloud was a little bit too big because I kind of thought it was a moon at first and I was a bit like, what's going on here? But I do think they did a good job. Yeah, I agree. I especially love the addition of the pink lights at the back. Yeah, um, so smart. It was like real cyberpunk, like somewhere between cyberpunk and Blade Runner 
sort of feel. It was pretty, yeah, pretty unique. I love the idea of a hoverboard skate park. Like that, that, that's just a cool idea. And I hope we have those in the future. Mm-hmm. I guess it was the one that I wanted the most to happen in real life. Maybe the Ultra Glove. Here's a question. Would it be a hoverboard skate park or would it just be called a hover park? It would just be called a hover park. Well, no, because that makes it sound like the park itself is hovering, right? Like you go to like a floating park. Yeah, but a, a skate park, park is the, the, skate. the park's yeah. not skating. Oh, that's a good point. Ah, oh, English is a cheeky mistress. Uh, she's a fickle, <laughs> fickle beast, so old English. <laughs> Can't trust her to be reliable, that <laughs> Oh, dear. Finally, we had our winners, Henry and Joss, with the Ultra Glove 2099. Very fun. Just like something these guys do really well. Just one thing executed well. I loved this like Swiss Army knife vibes and like how silly it was. Oh, 110%. I think this is probably one of my... I know they've done some really cool stuff, but this is probably one of my favorite builds of theirs. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think it's just the use of color that they had um, mixed with a whole bunch of different elements. Um, I just think they've they pulled it off really well. Yeah, at the risk of this turning into the agreement corner, but it was <laughs> it was so so good. I loved it so much. It's my favorite kind of futurism, like retro futurism. They've resurrected the failed power glove from the eighties. Like ah, so good. I liked it a lot, and I want to wear it. They also nailed that background with that sort of like eighties Miami, but still being futuristic vibe like i feel like it could have been really off with all the colors and patterns but it looked slick yeah that real miami vice sort of yeah um color palette it works quite well as a futuristic sort of sort of backdrop and really fitted in what they were doing it's a, a good clear win good work guys and it sets himself up for the finals week because now they cannot be eliminated yeah so the winner of the titanium brick this episode automatically in finals week which we believe there's one more elimination and then grand final. Yes. Right? Yeah. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) Good pun. It is weird. Like the eliminations have been so drawn out this season that I feel bad that I'm like excited for the next one. Yes. Um, We finally get it into finals week and it looks like some pretty cool time challenges ahead. Next episode, which... Hamish confirmed is the elimination is where they've got this like rotating plate. It looks like there's three sections and they have to build a beginning, a middle and an end. I'm keen to see where this goes. If that's like the only theme or criteria that they're given, I feel like we're going to see some really interesting builds and really different builds. Yeah. Agreed. Um, And I wonder if it's like, what would be really cool if it was like a, you know, three different time periods sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I am really excited for this one. Don't want to get my hopes up too much, but it seems like such a cool idea. And I, I feel like there's potential to be real, like, fourth wall breaky with it. Like, if a team links up two different timelines or something like that, I feel like there could be some fun shenanigans. Yeah, like a, like an episode of Rick and Morty. That <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. Some Yeah, some weird sci-fi stuff going on. I wonder if this challenge was inspired by Ryan and Gabby's finale build last year where they had the rotating bit inside the circus tent and each like quadrant was a different little vignette yeah potentially um because I love that yeah I mean conceptually for sure it'd be interesting to see where they get a lot of these inspiration from whether it's a lot Mm. of like past builds and stuff like that 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, only if you want to subscribe to the podcast, but what it does mean is that you'll get to hear the other episodes that we do for the rest of the TV show, so like four more episodes or something along those lines. I guess we'll see. That's the ballpark. <laughs> Make sure you're following us on Instagram at legomasters underscore deconstructed and on Twitter at LMD the pod. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Uh, I look forward, I'm looking forward to finals week. I don't know about you guys, but I hope, I hope we have some pretty cool stuff in store for us. Woo, it's really flown by this season. Keen. Yeah, the pacing has felt so strange. Like, we started off with no eliminations, and now we're about to hit, like, 20 eliminations in one episode, basically. I mean, so, I, think we're have, lopsided. I think we're having one elimination. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 six of one, half a dozen. <laughs> I mean, you love to see it. <laughs> Let's be real. The catering bill is going to be much cheaper. That's exactly right. <laughs> but that's the only reason they do eliminations is because of that. <laughs> when, the, when the food starts running low, they're like, ah, time to get some teams out of here. Oh, my goodness. Caleb and Alex, stop stealing money from set to take home for lunches and stuff, guys. Come on. We can't be doing this all the time. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.